Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matt, Tuesday was our first chance to see Leonard Floyd in a Buffalo Bills uniform and helmet. He was out there on the field. It was also our first chance to see Damar Hamlin actually take team reps and be a full participant. So um, wherever you want to start, whatever one you think is uh, worthy to talk about here first, we'll go that way. Well, I think Hamlin is worthy to talk about just because of everything that happened. I think that Floyd is the bigger impact player, obviously, for the Bills moving forward. But let's quickly start with Hamlin. Really cool to see him back out on the field with his helmet on. I think that is still very much a national story. Before we were doing this, I was watching ESPN, and they were talking about DeMar Hamlin back on the field to see what he has gone through and to see where he was at the beginning of 2023 up until now, six months later, just an incredible amount of progress. So yeah, I think that's just really, really promising to see him actually working with the team now with the helmet on being a full participant in drills. Like I'm to the point now where when we get to training camp in a month and a half, I think he's going to be a full go. He's going to be doing everything that all of his other teammates are doing. That's just my read on it. Yeah. And let me just kind of, go through the um, mechanics of the operation of how this works with the roster, because there's been a lot of questions about DeMar Hamlin and if he will be on the 53-man roster, the active roster when training camp opens. Raina Bean touched on this a little bit on Tuesday to give a little clarity. So as someone, me, who I, for some reason I'm a CBA nerd and I read through a lot of this stuff to kind of figure out, you know, what's going on a lot of times with uh, different, you know, roster um uh, designations and things like that. Here's how it's going to work, Matt. Basically, Tamar Hamlin is not eligible for PUP. PUP is for guys who have been injured, who have yes. been doing nothing and can't participate in workouts, off-season practices, things like that. And when you get to training camp, they're still in that boat. So a guy like Von Miller, we know he's been hurt. He hasn't done anything. Guy like Tredavious White last year. So as soon as they go to practice, you put him on PUP. They cannot practice on PUP. The minute they step on the field, you have to take him off the PUP list. But he can't be on PUP, basically, DeMar Hamlin, because he's been participating. He's been cleared by doctors. So we know that. So he has to – so that that's not an option for him. The only other option, if he's not on the 53, if he's not on the active roster, I should say, is NFI. That's non-football injury. Okay, you could say non-football injury. Now, I understand that he had his heart situation on yeah. the actual field, but it would be a non-football injury. However – we know that's not going to happen. Why? Because he's been cleared to play football. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have a non-football injury. He, whatever happened to him in Cincinnati has now been cleared enough for him to play football. So he doesn't have a non-football injury. So that's out of the question. He can't be on pup. He can't be on NFI. 
unless something happened to him off the field between now and training camp, he's going to be on the active roster when they go to training camp and taking a roster spot and fighting for a roster spot. Can I ask a question that feels a little bit weird to ask, but I also sure. feel like it needs to be asked? Yes. Is he a lock to make the team? It's a great question. I've been debating this. I've been looking at this. I would say 75, 80% lock at at worst. Maybe even I, better. Here's I, why. Here's I, why. I, kind I, of agree. Yeah. I, I well, well, this is why. I didn't think I would have probably given less chance just looking at the roster and thinking about it not too long ago. But Matt, look at the safeties on this team. You know yeah. the top two are Poirier and Hyde. There's a gap, and then Taylor Rapp is number three. Yeah. Then there's a gap, and Demar Hamlin is number four, and he's a core special teams guy. Matt, who's taking his job? Dean Marlowe? Like, that's well, not happening. No, but I guess that brings you to this whole Cameron Dantzler thing, and if Christian Benford actually stays, or if you want him to move, and you could potentially put him at safety, and then how could. many people are you actually keeping? I think Demar Hamlin, with everything that he's gone through, like, he's, he's going to be on the team. I think... Just optically, it would be really, really strange if he didn't make the team. I know that's not what they're basing their decisions off of, but I think he's still a player capable of playing and contributing. I just don't know if it will be the starting caliber that he needed to be at so many times last year because of the injuries that were happening to Hyde and to Poyer just kind of really throughout the course of the season. Now, Jaquan Johnson is somebody that they really liked. He's gone now, but I think any of those snaps, any of those reps where Hyde or Poyer aren't on the field, those are going to go to Taylor Rapp. So I guess he's That's just right. a little bit further down the depth chart, yep. but I still think he makes the team. It just feels kind of dirty. You know what I mean? It feels kind of like no, weird and dirty to I, even ask the question because of everything that happened. I understand. I'll also say that, you know, isn't there value in having a guy like Tamar Hamlin who players can look at as, a team leader and inspiration to be out there with them and you know what they went through together. I think the bills value things like that, right. To know that this is a guy that you no know, literally put his life on the line and, you know, and not because of a choice of his, mm -hmm. but what he went through and to be there and how they were so emotionally attached and all that. I, I just think it would really be beneficial for him to be a part of this team in a lot more ways than just on the field. Um, it's not the sole reason you keep him, but there is value in that because of what he means to his teammates and what he means to the organization. But from my point of him making the team, I just don't see like Dean Marlowe is a nice guy to break glass in case of emergency on the practice squad. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I don't see anybody taking that safety spot. Zane Anderson, like he could play special teams, but Demar's a core special teams guy. And Matt, they're only going to keep probably four guys anyway. They're not going to keep five safeties. They usually don't do that. So you make up the, the good point though. The, the right point is, well, are we not counting a guy like, Cam Lewis, who played safety, Christian Benford, who could move to safety. Mm -hmm. Saran Neal can play a little safety. Is there something creative? They could say, look, the numbers, the way they shake out, we don't want to get rid of this guy. And he can also play safety. So therefore, DeMar is left out. I just don't see that happening right now. That's why I say 75, 80%, but it's still not completely 100% a lock. Yeah, I think that the safety position is probably one of the easier positions to predict as far as who's going to make the team and who's going to ultimately play meaningful snaps. And that brings us to Leonard Floyd and the addition yep. of him on the defensive line or as an edge rusher or whatever you want to call him. That, to me, now becomes the most complicated position to try and figure out because his addition immediately makes me think about guys like AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham and whether or not they're going to make this team. I think that conventionally you would go with, well, Boogie Basham's a year younger. So maybe that makes him the more likely player to make it as opposed to AJ Epinesa. You can throw Shaq Lawson into this mix as well, but I think Epinesa has been more consistent 
than Basham has been over the course of the last couple of years. So I don't necessarily know if I would make the argument for Boogie Basham. And I think Shaq Lawson has actually provided them with a bit more juice than either of those players, even though those guys are younger and Shaq is more of a veteran at this point. So I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but there will be good players that do not make this team because it is such a deep roster across the board. So we know this, it's unfortunate, but injuries happen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, and even Brandon being a Sean McDermott will say like a lot of times these things have a way of sorting themselves out. Right. Mm, yeah. So that, that can't happen, but let's just say everybody stays healthy and let's just pretend for a second that Von Miller is healthy and he's playing, whether that's week one, week two, week three, whatever they keep him on the 53. Yeah. There's no way they're keeping six defensive ends. They no. could keep five edge rusher defensive end. They could keep five, they're not keeping six. So you're talking about one, maybe two spots. For Epinesa, Basham, and Lawson, I think it is going to be super interesting how that plays out. Yeah, I do too, and I think that give it, it a lot of it also depends on Vaughn too, because if Vaughn is healthy, then you might give the edge to one of the guys who still has a bit more potential and is still a bit younger in his career, and maybe that way you lean Epinesa or Basham because you're like these guys won't need to be counted on immediately. If he's not healthy at the beginning of the year or for an extensive period of time, then maybe you lean towards Shaq Lawson because you can say like, okay, we think that we can plug and play this guy, Floyd and Rousseau as a rotation of the three of them and be okay until Von Miller gets back. And then you just hope that you could stow away one of those guys. But I don't think you would be able to. I think those are players you would have to try and trade and then. You ultimately, I mean, they're second round picks. You're definitely not getting second or third round picks back. Maybe at best you get a fourth or a fifth. Who is the guy? Daryl Johnson. Was that his name? Uh, uh, that they, damn, yeah. Yeah, that they traded to the Panthers. I think they got like a sixth round pick for him. Obviously, you know, the Wyatt Teller thing happened. I think they got a fifth round pick for him. So, you know, maybe they get a fourth. Maybe they get a fifth for one of the players that they're ultimately. What did they get for Cody Ford last year? A fifth? Uh, I believe it would have been a fifth. Yeah. Um, trying to remember, was there something involved? Maybe there was another Reg- traffic there. I don't know. If yeah. It, was traffic. it could have been, but yeah, regardless, like that's kind of the territory that we're leaning with. It's a good problem to have though. I want to yeah. add on that. Like it is a very good problem to have. And I really like the addition of Leonard Floyd. I think that I would have liked the addition of Deandre Hopkins more if the money is similar, but I still think like Leonard Floyd brings this team a player that they have not had. Well, let me let me get into that one second. Let me circle back real quick to the defensive end spot. The right point, I think, is what you said about they may just have to determine who are we more likely to have back in the practice squad if we if we release. And that would be Shaq Lawson, right? Because AJ and Bookie are subject to waivers. They haven't been in the league four years. Shaq isn't. They can release Shaq Lawson and then say, We want you back in the practice squad, and he could just basically wait out in the parking lot and do that the next day. Like they can or you know, that that's how this can work. Now that would also mean Shaq Lawson would have to be willing to do that. Or he could say, no, no, no. You want to do that to me? I'm going to go somewhere else. But honestly, like he had months to sign elsewhere and no one signed him. So I do think that's more likely because of that simple fact that you'd have Shaq on the practice squad. He's still part of the organization because Boogie and AJ, you release one of them. They're getting picked up. They're getting claimed. Somebody's bringing them into their organization for free. And I don't think the bills want to do that on these guys who are still on their rookie deals. So that's probably how something like that will shake out. But like I said, these things have a way of sorting themselves out a lot. All right, Leonard Floyd, you said it. So let me go back to when we heard on Monday morning that the Bills had signed Leonard Floyd. Were you more surprised <laughs> about that or at Oliver's extension when you heard that? 
I was more surprised about Ed Oliver's extension. Um, but I did not see the Leonard Floyd move move coming. I was with Harper. I was taking Harper out before I was leaving to come to the groundbreaking ceremony in Orchard Park when that had happened. So, I mean, it makes sense. I think when you look at these moves, you kind of look at them, the two of them together. I know that's not exactly what they are, but the Oliver move happens so you can keep him long-term, but also so you can sign Floyd in the short term. And I think that the Bills really like the idea of adding another player to that rotation because I think that it helps bridge the gap until Von Miller gets back. But I think even more so, it gives you another option of somebody you really trust to get after the quarterback because there was a drop-off. Like after Von got injured and then after Rousseau, there was a drop-off there. Now you would have, at conceivably, a healthy Von Miller, a healthy Greg Rousseau, and a healthy Leonard Floyd. Like you really like having those three guys as your primary edge rushers. Do you know the highest number of sacks in a season a player has had and who it is in the Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean era in Buffalo? <sighs> That's a good question. My guess is Jordan Phillips. Mm -hmm. It would have been in 2019 before he left, and I don't think he got to 10, so I'm going to say nine and a half. That's correct. On all Let's fronts. go. Wow. I legitimately, <laughs> I did not know that prior. I just, hey. No, it's good. I can, I can myself, see the wheel spinning. Pat myself <laughs> on the back there. Yeah, the, I could see it. Like the hamster, the wheel the wheel was turning there. No, you're yeah. right. It's nine and a half. Jordan Phillips, an interior defensive lineman. The Bills have not had a double-digit sack guy under McDermott and Bean. Now, that's with the caveat. Von Miller was on his way last year. He would have, yeah, he didn't get hurt. Easy. And Greg Rousseau only played 13 games last year. He had eight sacks. I think Greg Rousseau winds up with 10 sacks if he has a full season last year. But the point mm -hmm. is that this team has not had that one pass rusher that teams have to focus on and think about other than Von Miller last year during the first half plus of the season before he got hurt. Leonard Floyd comes over 29 sacks in the last 50 games, 29 sacks over the last three seasons, mm -hmm. double digit one year, nine, nine and a half, another couple of years. This is a legitimate threat on the outside, either paired with Von Miller when he's healthy, or it buys you time to get Von Miller ready. And mm -hmm. even if Von Miller says, I am ready, I am ready to go. You can take a little off his plate. You can put him on a pitch count. You don't have to rush him out there. That's why I love this deal, Mac, uh, Matt. I think the reason I love bringing a guy like Leonard Floyd in, we're not going to be sitting here at the end of preseason going, man, they really need Von Miller back. Well, where are they going to get their pass rush from? You can actually say, you know what? Take a little time. They got Leonard Floyd. Greg Rousseau made a jump last year. He's going to make another jump. I think they've really kind of given themselves a real good cushion here to allow themselves to not only wait for Von when he's ready, but also not have to play him so many snaps when he does finally play. In the playoffs, it's third down. You're going against a quarterback and a passing down. Who do you have on the field? Vaughn and Floyd or Vaughn and Rousseau? All three. I'm kicking Greg Rousseau inside. Okay, I like that. I know he played some inside when he was in college. That's a really good point. I mean, could you imagine if it's an obvious passing down, you roll out Rousseau, Floyd, Miller, and Oliver? Like, right. that would be – that's a The old Giants NASCAR package, essentially. Like, that's a pretty serious kind of group to try and contain. I mean, you could only – you really, it would really have to be an obvious passing down. Like you right. couldn't do that. You couldn't do that on third and six or something. They would just hand the ball off and probably get the first down. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And that's another thing too. That's the layers of the, 
when Boogie Basham was drafted, there was a lot of talk about his position versatility and how he could play inside and how he could play outside. And then it almost feels like he morphed his body to become more of a rusher as opposed to somebody who you could plug inside. And Epinesa was a little bit the same way. I feel like Epinesa really like leaned out from the time that he was drafted to up until now. So that's another thing they're going to have to figure out. Is one of these guys worth keeping because of their position versatility? Or do you not really care about that because you have made some additions to the defensive line, at least for the short term? And that's not to say like, and we haven't even mentioned a couple weeks ago, Puna Ford might have been their biggest addition of the offseason. I mean, uh-huh. you, would pr- you would probably say, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, I guess, let me ask you this before we get to the next thing. Who is their biggest addition of the entire offseason? Is it Connor McGovern? Is it well, Puna Ford? You, you, like, how do you want to define that biggest? Like, what well, does play that mean? the Play the biggest, make the biggest impact on the team. Play the most snaps and, you know, play well with the snaps they're given. I think it's Dalton Kincaid. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, but I will tell you, when you first asked me, let's just say it's non-draft picks. Anybody they brought in from the outside, free agent signings, Uh I would have said Taylor Rapp until they signed Leonard Floyd. Now I think it's Leonard Floyd, but I think Taylor Rapp is a really key signing for them. I am between, if you take draft picks out of it, and I also don't like, you can't count Jordan Poyer because he's coming back. So I I am between Puna Ford and, gosh, I keep forgetting about Leonard Floyd. I know. Okay. I Connor McGovern, Puna Ford, and Leonard Floyd are like in the same bucket for me. You don't put like, Taylor Rapp up there like I do? I don't. I don't. Oh. Because even though I think he's going to play and he's going to be an impact player, I still don't think he's going to get, you know, nearly as many snaps as the other guys. Maybe he gets as many snaps as like Puna Ford because there'll be a pretty heavy rotation there on the defensive yep. line. I, I mean, I'm imagining unless there's an injury, Connor McGovern comes in and plays basically every snap. Probably for them. Right. And I'm also just kind of assuming that's going to be at left guard. Like I think it'll be Dawkins, McGovern, Morse, whoever at right guard, whether it's Bates or Torrance, and then probably Spencer Brown. They also, I mean, this is a, a more secondary addition, but I really liked the Brandon Shell edition. We didn't really yeah. talk about that a lot on the podcast. But, I mean, the guy played 11 games for Miami last year. Like, if something happens, you trust him. You could really go two levels deep. Like, you could go with your starters and then with your immediate backups. The Bills' immediate backups on the line look a lot better than they have in a long time. I mean, their, their backups right now would be what? Tommy Doyle. Well, I I – I think that he, if I did a 53 right now, I don't think I put him on. Brandon Shell? Yep. Really? Yeah, I think I probably have Questenberry and Tommy Doyle ahead of him. Okay, well, those are your tackles, conceivably. Your guards would be... Osiris Torrance? Yeah, and then I'm trying to think, would I have Butker as a guard or as a center? Probably a center. Probably, but you have have Ryan Bates there. But I I, I think Nick Broker, Broker may be there. I mean, I, I don't know. He's a draft pick. It's close. I don't know. Who, These are a lot. David Edwards, they signed. He could be a guard. Oh, yeah. I forgot about David Edwards. Yeah, that's a good point. David Edwards would probably be that I next backup. I mean, you know, and, you, how many are they going to keep? Nine? You could put eight on game day. They usually keep nine, maybe ten sometimes. That's it. Yeah, I, I always lean towards with the decisions that they have to make now lower, though. Like, if it was between ten and nine, I'm thinking they keep nine because they're going to have difficult yep. decisions to make at other positions. Moral of the story a much deeper group than it has been in years past. All right. Um, let's talk about what Brandon Bean said on Tuesday, as far as cap space and where that leaves the bills going forward, especially with Deandre Hopkins. 